Andy Serkis is in talks to play Alfred in The Batman, Colin Farrell is up for The Penguin, and The Mandalorian's got a UK release date, finally. Plus, I review Watchmen Episode 3 and Amazon Prime Video's Jack Ryan. All this and more on today's episode of Small Screen Stories. Welcome back to Small Screen Stories. On this weekly podcast, I'll be going through the biggest and most entertaining stories from the world of entertainment and pop culture. So let's start off with what I believe to be the biggest story of the week, and that's that Andy Serkis is in talks to play Alfred Pennyworth in The Batman. This is fantastic news because I believe that Andy Serkis is one of the greatest actors around. He's a brilliant actor, and he's kind of I wouldn't say he's been typecast because it's not really possible to be typecast as a CGI kind of character or someone that does a lot of CGI. Uh, but he's certainly been typecast. He, We definitely don't see him as Andy Serkis in the flesh in a lot of movies. And I'm hoping that this is going to be a big moment, not just for him, but for audiences to really be introduced to Andy Serkis, the actor in person, as opposed to Andy Serkis, the guy that plays Gollum, King Kong, and uh, and Caesar in the uh, the Planet of the Apes movies. I also think he's a perfect, perfect person to play Alfred, a more kind of grizzled Alfred, someone that you actually believe would have served in the in the armed forces. He's also because this is going to be a very different Batman movie. I think he's perfect for the um, for Robert Pattinson's version of Batman. I mean, I'm not I'm saying perfect for his version. I don't really know much about what he's going to be doing, but he's a much younger Batman. Therefore, it kind of makes sense to have a younger version of Alfred. Hence, he's perfect. He's also a fantastic actor. I don't think there are many people better than him. A lot of people are a bit... I mean, you know, I do think Jeremy Irons was wasted a bit as Alfred in the other DCU movies. It's a shame. He's he's another fantastic actor, but he probably is... I mean, he is a bit too old to play the sort of Alfred I think they're going for in this film, especially the fact that it's been reported that this Batman movie is going to be more of a Sherlock Holmes type Batman film, which I think is wonderful. I love the fact that they're going down this route. I um, I love the fact that they're looking at Sherlock Holmes and thinking, yeah, let's adapt. Well, let's take elements from Sherlock Holmes and bring that into Batman because Batman in the graphic novels is um, classed as the, the world's greatest detective, which is what Sherlock Holmes is as well in his in his books. So why not have it kind of a mystery and also maybe have uh, Alfred being more involved in this mystery, a bit like the Arkham Asylum games. I'm thinking they probably might take a lot from the Arkham Asylum games. I've heard rumours that they're going to be uh, adapting or, or, be, or be inspired by The Long Halloween, which is a fantastic Batman graphic novel. If you haven't w- uh, read one yet, please check that one out. It's, it's wonderful. There's other news as well, is that Colin Farrell is in talks to play the Penguin. This cast just get, gets better and better and better. So I'm just going to go over the cast really, really quickly. So first of all, you've got Robert Pattinson as Batman. You've got Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. You have Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon. You've got Paul Dano as the Riddler. You've potentially got Andy Serkis as as Alfred. And now we're hearing that we've also got Colin Farrell as the Penguin. I think this is the greatest cast ever assembled for a comic book movie, not just in terms of you know names because they're not all massively well-known names but they're all brilliant actors and they've all proven that over you know long careers most of them especially in the case of um, Colin Farrell and Andy Serkis and even Robert Pattinson he's been a lot of stuff um, Paul Dano has as well Paul Dano has been out around for as long as I can remember but then we've also got news now this one 
I'm not sure if it's if it's actually going to happen because it's from a, a rather unreliable source. It's not one of my sources. Uh, it's that Matthew McConaughey has been considered to play Harvey Dent in the Batman. If McConaughey was also added to this already incredible cast, then, I mean, <laughs> you've definitely got the best cast ever assembled for a Batman film. And now we're going to move away from Batman and onto Star Wars. I mentioned this before, um, The Mandalorian's got a UK release date. It's finally got a UK release date. So it's going to be coming out on uh, on March 31st here in the UK. And that's at the same time as Disney Plus is released. So on the site this week, I've covered this rather extensively, this, this Disney Plus um, issue. Well, not really an issue. Well, it is an issue. Uh, that is coming so late to the UK and also not just the UK but other areas in Europe and it's it's all down to the fact to these um, contract negotiations they had a while ago with Sky so in the UK um, we've got a Sky Disney channel which is a dedicated um, Disney well, channel just for Disney movies and they also have the rights to a lot of the Disney films to stream on Now TV so these this was done I think I mean, I'm not sure how, how long ago it was all done, but it was done before. I think they really had an idea that they're going to do the Disney streaming service. I mean, it happens that the contracts do run out in March. So I think what they're doing is that they're just waiting till the contracts run out. I was expecting them to maybe kind of lawyer up and get um, and get their lawyers involved and, and get the thing done quicker. But it really, it, it means that UK audiences, but um, um, again, I must say not just UK audiences, I think French and Italian audiences as well, are going to have to wait until the 31st of March to watch The Mandalorian. I think this is an issue because I think this means that a lot of people will stream or download the show illegally. Because you can't go into The Rise of Skywalker without having, you know, without being up to date on The Mandalorian. I know they don't kind of that they're not linked really like immediately. There's no immediate link there. Um, I mean, what happens in The Mandalorian isn't going to be, I think, hugely important to what happens in The Rise of Skywalker. But people like to be up to date. If you're a Star Wars fan, you want to be up to date. And it's it's not really fair for uh, for a lot of... Uh, it's a big section of the audience that can't see it. So I'm pretty sure The Mandalorian is going to be the most illegally downloaded show of the year. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty positive on that. And then there was also, there are rumours, well, it's actually, it's not just rumours, it's news, that when, now, spoilers, I will say this now, if you don't want to have any Star Wars spoilers, you know, turn off now. I mean, apparently uh, we're going to be losing the Millennium Falcon in, uh, in, Star, in Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. This, I mean, this is a very Star Wars-y type spoiler because it comes from the title tracks for the, um, the uh, soundtrack, the Star Wars soundtrack. And uh, it happened. It happened in Star Wars Episode One with Qui Gon's Noble End. That was one of the songs, the title track for the song. This one is the the song is called The Falcon's Last Ride. I mean, why do they do this? I don't know. Why can't they be a bit more imaginative with their names for these title for these tracks? It's kind of a it's, it's silly. It is silly because it is a spoiler. I mean, what all, all I can do is, um, is speculate as to what's going to happen. I think that. That they'll have a yeah one last ride in the Falcon and then uh, then it'll probably they'll have to either leave it somewhere or it'll be destroyed and if it's destroyed then I wonder who's in it you know that's it's probably um yeah might not be a it might be a rather sad it will be a rather sad scene but it might be even sadder if there's someone someone in that Falcon anyway uh, on to C3PO and star Anthony Daniels has been talking about the the new movies. 
and he was being interviewed by uh, by the Express, and he had he had quite a lot to say actually, but um, he he actually spoke a bit about why the fans are unhappy. So he said, yes, I do understand why the fans are unhappy. It speaks to a devotion that they care so much that they mind if someone messes with it. I understand people being critical of the films. He then went on to speak a bit about um, having to keep secrets for so long. And he said, uh, he's t- he was talking in, p- in particular about Mark Hamill. He said, I don't know if, uh, I know it's been particularly difficult for him, Hamill, lately because the new movies haven't given him much to do. I certainly recognise that, I recognise that and I can relate to it. In these new movies, I felt like a table decoration and that it is difficult because I recognise this character, C-3PO, is worth so much more. But I understand it is a whole film, not a feature about C-3PO. It's just my personal disappointment. I get paid whether or not he does anything, but it would be nice for him to have a purpose. So, I mean, that's that's actually pretty... It's pretty damning, actually, of the previous films, saying that he didn't... He basically had nothing to do. He was still getting paid, but he had nothing to do. I think he's going to have a lot more to do in this film, in The Rise of Skywalker, judging by the trailers. Uh, you, you know, you got the red eyes, you got the fact that he had the best line of the trailers. I'm just taking one last look at my friends. You know, I think he's going to get a lot more to do. Moving on to Carrie Fisher. And uh, the original role of Leia Organa was, uh, was revealed by her brother. Her brother basically revealed that she was supposed to be the last Jedi in The Last Jedi, which, I mean, he does. He, Todd uh, talks a lot. But this one, he said that um, she was going to be the big, the big payoff in the final film. I mean, it's it's really sad what happened. You know, it, it's it's a shame that she didn't she didn't get to see the kind of culmination of this new Star Wars saga. She, the Last Jedi, was supposed to be her her film. Well, no, she, uh, sorry, the Rise of Skywalker apparently was supposed to be her film. But apparently, this says that she had an even bigger part to play originally in the Last Jedi, which. Um, it's it's really really it's sad you know you I would personally love to see that but we're going to get some more of uh, Leia in this final film we're gonna there is going there they still have some footage of her from the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi which they're going to kind of somehow get into this final film apparently she's not going to die that's that's what I've heard but um you, you don't know until the film's actually uh yeah, you don't know until the film's actually out. So more Mandalorian news. Uh, they had a new trailer. The new trailer, it, it's a, a TV spot. And it kind of, it teased something in this TV. They've had a lot of TV spots, actually. But this this one in particular, it teased that the Mandalorian is going to have to change or upgrade his suit, which is pretty cool. You know, I think a lot of fans have wanted to see this. Uh, it's a bit like a video game, almost kind of upgrading. For, but I think he'll probably have to upgrade for either specific kills or you know he's he's got something to do and he needs a he needs a suit to be upgraded for it it's a it's a cool little uh little thing that will happen in this show i'm so excited for this show and finally the final bit of star wars news is that um according to we've got this covered so i think i say this every week but take this with a pinch of salt because they have a lot of sources in quotation marks but apparently liam neeson could return as qui-gon jinn in a future star wars project I saw this bit of news and personally I'm not sure about it at all because Liam Neeson's quite a lot older than he was when he was in The Phantom Menace and unless they do a lot of de-aging uh, it, it'll be really expensive to make some sort of Qui-Gon Jinn like 
TV show or bring him into another movie. It also wouldn't make sense because he died in the in the Phantom Menace. And if they're going to use him at all, it'll be a prequel to his prequel. <laughs> I mean, yeah, again, I'm I'm not sure about this one at all. I just saw it and I and I I ran with it because I know that a lot of people are very invested in Qui Gon Jinn. He's a fantastic character, especially if you read some of the um not extended universe novels, but some of well, yeah, some of those as well, but. Some of the more recent canon novels, he's involved in them quite a lot, and it's a shame what happened really to him in that in, in the Phantom Menace. He was the best part of the Phantom Menace, and they killed they killed him off. Anyway, moving on to the DCU, Aquaman will never team up with Robert Pattinson's Batman, says Jason Momoa. So Jason Momoa was talking um, about he was actually being interviewed for C, which is his new Apple TV um, project. It's a new TV show, and uh, he was asked uh, to comment on uh, Zoe Kravitz being cast as Catwoman in the movie, and he was—he was like, he replied, he's like, "I'm so proud. It's perfect casting. She's going to kill it." And then they got onto the role to Robert Pattinson uh, being cast as Batman, and he said, "I'm really stoked. He's a good man, a great actor. I'm excited about the whole thing." But then he went on to say, "Well, they asked, will we ever get the three of you in a movie together?'" And he said, "I mean it." He said, I'd me, I mean, it would be awesome, but I don't think it's going to happen that way. Let's just let them do their thing and I'll do my own thing. So it sounds to me like they're going to keep those two worlds apart. The, the rumor is that the Batman's going to be set before um, any of the, the recent DCU movies, well, apart from Wonder Woman. But it, it's going to be set, I think, in the 80s. We don't know yet. I mean, there's, there's still very little known. Uh, other DCE news, DCE new, I uh, can't say that DCEU news is that Ezra Miller confirms the Flash is the Flash movie is still happening. So this uh, this Flash movie has been going on. Well, it's been on and off now for for years. It's had loads of different directors. It's now got um, its director, its and it chapter two's director, uh, Andy Muschietti, and he's he's directing the film potentially supposedly. And Miller said that. This that um, his two next projects are Fantastic Beast three and and the Flash movie. So supposedly the Flash movie is still happening. Apparently Warner Brothers is focusing on more R rated and diverse DCEU movies moving forward. So this makes complete sense, especially after the success of Joker. I really I think it, it's it's a no brainer. Joker's done ridiculously well. I'll go into that a bit later, but why not just do something different. They, they've at the moment they've. I mean, recently they've been trying to emulate uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, but the MCU movies exist. You know, you, you don't you don't need more of those. You need something different, and I think that's what the DCU is going to offer moving forward. And this this is good news. So this is a, a tricky one. <laughs> I will mention. I'm, I mean, I'm going to mention. I'm going to go into it a bit, but not not much. Is that there, there, I mean, at the moment, there's a, a petition. There's a petition for everything on the internet, but there's a petition to remove Amber Heard from Aquaman 2. And this comes after the revelations around what really went on between her and Johnny Depp. A lot of people have been signing this. I think it's reached over 35,000 signatures to get her out of the movie as um, Mera. But, I mean, will Warner Brothers do it? I don't know. It's what's happening, uh, you know, it's... It's kind of personal behind the scenes issues with Amber Heard. It's between Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. Whether or not they'll listen and whether or not fan pressure here will actually have anything to do, I don't know. It's something that I'm not really comfortable talking at length about because I don't know legally what I'm allowed to say, whether it's all speculative, I don't know. 
Anyway, moving on to Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman 1984. Apparently, uh, the movie might make Batman versus Superman no longer canon in the DCU. So it's it, it was a, in an Empire magazine article. Apparently, well, they were questioning whether Steve Trevor's kind of resurrection is actually going to change and alter the future. Which means, will it alter what actually what happens in Batman versus Superman? Because in those movies, in both Batman versus Superman and Justice League, you've got Diana Prince saying that um, she kind of went into not yeah she kind of she left the world of men is what she said after what happened to Steve Trevor. The fact that he's back might mean that things might change. And uh, and I, I actually I really liked this uh, this theory. I think it's uh, it's really clever, and I think it might actually be true and i think it's an easy well it's um a convenient way to kind of wipe the slate clean and just to start over again and uh especially now that they no longer have ben affleck as batman and it looks like henry cavill's no longer playing superman maybe they can just start from scratch and kind of keep wonder woman and aquaman going maybe have a flash movie introduce flashpoint do something a bit kind of it's a bit wild to do that sort of stuff but you know, they, they had a go with it and it didn't really work and now they're getting so much success with Joker. Maybe and also looks like the Batman is gearing up to be a very good film. And also, I mean, Wonder Woman and Aquaman were, were, were good. Wonder Woman was very good. Aquaman was just mad, but good as well, kind of. It was enjoyable in a weird way. But maybe that's the way forward for them. Let's see. On to the Joker. So Joaquin Phoenix now wants to do a Joker sequel. So again, this is very kind of will he, won't he? But he's been talking a lot about it. He was talking to the LA Times about the movie and he said that um, long before the release or before we had any idea if it would be successful, we talked about sequels. In the second or third week of shooting, I was like, Todd, can you just start working on a sequel? There's way too much to explore. It was kind of in jest, but not really. So... <laughs> He also revealed that he put he put his Joker character in uh, movie in classic movie posters. So it sounds to me like he really wants to do it. I mean, it it will be down to whether or not they have the right story. But you know why not? Why why not have another Joker film? You know, let's let's see what happens to Arthur Fleck after the first Joker movie. Um, more Joker news is that Martin Scorsese he called the Joker a remarkable work and revealed that he was asked to direct it. So he's been. Again, he was asked uh, about his, you know, to clarify his stance on Marvel movies or, or comic book movies not being classed as cinema. I kind of understand what he was saying. Um, I think it's been taken not just out of context, but I think people have really jumped on this and kind of gone a bit mad with it. It's, it's something that um, that I kind of, I get what he's saying. He's saying it's something different. It's not cinema. It's more kind of spectacle than cinema. And uh, and then he also, I mean, during this interview, it was an interview with the BBC. He also revealed that um, that Todd Phillips went to him and asked him to direct the film, and it it he he'd been part of it for a very long time. He was an executive producer on the movie for a very long time, but apparently they originally wanted him to direct. And I thought that was an interesting little bit of um, little bit of trivia about about the Joker film. And uh, this is this is interesting as well. It's that Joker has now surpassed every Marvel movie to become the most profitable comic book movie ever. So this is um, you take into account its box office, which is made or it's almost made a billion, which is crazy uh, worldwide. But taken to the fact that it was only made for fifty-five million, so it means that it's actually made more money than every single Marvel movie ever made. Because if you factor in all the costs for Marvel films, not just the reported budget. Um, then it actually ends up 
the Joker actually ends up becoming more profitable. This is according to Forbes. So, um, you know, I, I, I kind of trust them. <laughs> uh, Scott Mendelson, he's very, a very good writer and uh, he does these box office um, analysis and tends to do quite a lot of uh, comic book kind of box office analysis. Moving on to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Deadpool 3 is reportedly in development at Marvel Studios. So this, again, is uh, a lot of people have been talking about it. The, uh, the writers of the first two films have been talking about it and revealed that, you know, that Marvel's, Marvel did tell them that they can write R-rated films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It looks like Deadpool 3 will be the first of those movies, which is exciting. It's exciting that they're carrying on uh, the Deadpool movies, even though the, um, people weren't really sure whether, they would, whether Disney would be comfortable with Marvel doing R-rated films or not. But no, Deadpool 3 is going ahead, which is good news. And there's also news, again, this is from We Got This Covered, so, you know, caveat, uh, take this with a pinch of salt. Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four will team up in a movie. Yes, this this sounds perfect to me. It's a, I mean, this is why I ran it, because it's, it's a really good idea to introduce the Fantastic Four via Spider-Man. I think they're, they're, they're kind of two sets of characters that, um, that really would work well together on screen. And... Uh, and I mean, it it brings me on nicely <laughs> to my next article, which we ran on the site this week, which is um, positing whether John Krasinski should be cast as Mr. Fantastic, aka Richard Reeds. He already looks like the guy in the comics, though in the new Marvel comics, the new Fantastic Four comics, the Richard Reeds looks a lot, an awful lot like uh, like Mr. Mr. Krasinski. And I think, you know, we all know that he was, well, I don't know if you do, but I, I mean, I'll tell you now, uh, he was one of the people in the mix to play Captain America. He, there's pictures of him in the suit online. You can go and look for them. I think I think it's his time. Uh, he's. I'll talk a bit about Jack Ryan later on, but he's really been impressive recently. He's beefed up. And also, I think if he were to be cast as Richard Reeds, get... <laughs> Get his wife, Emily Blunt, to play uh, the Invisible Woman, uh, Susan Storm. That'd be fantastic, I think. Now, Ant-Man 3 news. So Ant-Man 3 is in development, we all know that. And apparently Michael Douglas is going to return. And he's also revealed that um, that the movie is going to start shooting in 2020. So, uh, sorry, the movie is going to start shooting January 2021, is what he said. So that means that, uh, that Ant-Man 3 could slot into the 2020 two kind of uh, Marvel release slots. So there are three. There's February 18th, 2022, May 6th, 2022, or July 29th. I'm pretty sure I'll go in the May or July one. Um, the, the, I think probably the later one. The Ant-Man films have tended to be towards the end of the summer. You know, because you have the big event film like at the beginning of the summer, the kind of fun uh, Thor-type film at the beginning of the year, and then, uh, and then you move on to Ant-Man, which is a bit of a palate cleanser I think of a <laughs> interesting way to refer to Ant-Man uh, so in other news uh, Taron Egerton has reacted to those Wolverine casting rumours so yes a lot of people including Mark Miller have been uh, talking about Taron Egerton saying that he'd make the perfect perfect Wolverine I kind of agree I think he'd be a very good Wolverine but uh, yeah he's he's completely uh, baffled by these uh, these casting rumours he said I'm it's unfounded. The only morsel of truth to it is I'm a huge fan of the films, like 99.9% of the rest of the world. That's kind of it, really. I don't know where it's where it's come from. I'm flattered, but baffled by it. 
there's other characters that I think I'd be more suited to. That's interesting, are there? There are other characters that Tarantino thinks he'd be better suited for than Wolverine. I don't know which ones they would be. Um, maybe he should elaborate on that a bit further. We've seen our first look of Angelina Jolie in costume as Thena in The Eternals. Now, I'm going to be completely honest with you. The Eternals, I'm not that knowledgeable about The Eternals. I haven't read any of the comic books. Um, I've read a lot of comic books, but not The Eternals. Uh, but she does look very good as Thena. It's a very... that They're pictures that were released on Twitter. They're very kind of fuzzy. You can't really see much, but you can see she's having a great time. And that is very important, I think. It's very important to be having a good time on set. And The Eternals has a really good cast. Uh, I mean, the fact that you've got Angelina Jolie in there is like one of the biggest actors in the world and she's going to be in a Marvel movie. You've also got Selma Hayek and you've got um, bodyguards Richard Madden in there as well. You've got uh, Kamal Nanjiani. <laughs> Just a really, really massive cast. Kit Harrington's in there as well. It's, it's a crazy cast. Uh, so for that reason alone, I'm really excited for it. Uh, again, it's also... I think it's going to be more cosmic. So, you know, more cosmic Marvel movies, bring them on. There's also, there's news that, um, well, rumours that Mar uh, Spider-Man and Jonah, J. Jonah Jameson might cameo in the Morbius movie. So then again, this comes from We Got This Covered. So again, take this with a pinch of salt. But it's a good idea because Sony Pictures, they want to develop their kind of Sony, Spider-Man, Sony cinematic universe. The best way to do that is by getting Spider-Man in as many movies as they can. And Morbius is looking more and more like it might be a really important film for them because you got already you got the likes of Jared Leto in it. You, we already have heard rumours that Eddie Brock's going to be involved. So that's just, sorry, Jared Leto and Tom Hardy, both in the movie. It's already a big cast. If you add Tom Holland to that mix, and you know J.K. Simmons, that's that's a really interesting cast. And apparently the rumours are that uh, J.K. Simmons is uh, J. Jonah Jameson is going to interview Jared Leto's Morbius, which I think that would be a really good scene. Uh, in other Marvel news, so this is the final bit of Marvel news this week, is that Jeremy Renner has been put up for Oscar consideration by Disney for his role as Hawkeye in Avengers Endgame. So this is an interesting one because we've been talking a lot about Jeremy Renner recently, whether he's actually going to be recast whether they're going to recast um, Hawkeye after the um, allegations made against him by his ex-wife. So, first of all, they're allegations. So we don't we don't know. Nothing's been confirmed legally yet. We don't know what's going to happen there. Again, secondly, this is this is kind of personal stuff. The allegations are pretty bad. That's the problem. But it looks like they're sticking by their guy. Otherwise, they wouldn't have put him up for an Oscar consideration. You know, they they, they obviously think that he's, you know, in the right. And um, and they're sticking by him. At least that's what this bit of news tells me. And it's told a lot of people the same thing. So let's move away from comic book movies. Uh, Mission Impossible 7. I love the Mission Impossible movies. I thought Mission Impossible Fallout was fantastic. And I thought one of the best bits of this film, one of the best aspects, was Henry Cavill. I thought he was great. He, was, he played a, a CIA agent called August Walker. And there are rumours that he's going to come back for uh, Mission Impossible 7. So yeah, it. I mean, that would be a really difficult thing to do because he died at the end of Fallout. Spoilers, sorry. At least it looked like he did. He um, was severely scarred, fell down a cliff, and then uh, a helicopter exploded on him. So um, yeah, excuse excuse the, uh, <laughs> the bangs outside. It's a bonfire night here. But um, yeah, so is he going to come back? I mean... That would be kind of weird if he did, but good as well. He'd be 
really, really severely scarred. He'd probably be in a wheelchair or something. But I mean, I I want him to come back because I think he's a really he's really good at, at being the villain, Henry Cavill. And uh, more Henry Cavill on screen, yes, please. And uh, I think he had a, a good rapport with uh, Tom Cruise and his character Ethan Hunt in those movie in the uh, in Fallout. There's been some Scream movie news, yes. Scream, let me tell you, is one of my favourite franchises of all time. I love those films. I'm a massive fan of Wes Craven. And they're apparently making a new Scream movie. This is re- this is interesting, but um, also kind of sad because Wes Craven is no longer with us. But uh, apparently they're going to make another film. And it's not sh- So this will be the fifth Scream movie. It's not certain whether they would just carry on from Scream 4, which I will admit isn't as good as the others or whether they'll just reboot it i'm hoping they'll carry on but you know these things you can never really know uh what's going to happen but we'll just have to wait and see on that one so moving away from the movie news i mean we're going to stay on on a kind of move it's a bit of a tangent so keanu reeves i think i'm going to start doing a keanu reeves watch section every week (laughs) but there was a lot of keanu reeves news this week because he uh, he was uh, photographed on the red carpet with his new girlfriend and you know what the internet went mad it seems to always go mad for Keanu Reeves I mean I get it Keanu Reeves is great he's fantastic he's a brilliant I think a really good actor he's he's very good at action the, the John Wick films are incredible genuinely incredible but uh, no so he was photographed with his his girlfriend on uh on a red carpet event, and a lot of people mistook her for uh, Helen Mirren, uh, you know, because she's uh, she's got grey hair and looks a bit like Helen Mirren. She's not Helen Mirren, let me uh, clear that one up for you. She's artist Alexandra Grant, but Helen Mirren was asked about it, and she, uh, she actually was, she revealed she was quite flattered by the whole thing. So uh, she actually said that you know she she was flattered by it because she's a very lovely woman, a very a very pretty woman, and and wished uh, her and Keanu Reeves nothing but happiness. So it's you know it's a nice moment, but again I will say this again: she's not Keanu Reeves is not dating Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren I think has been married for twenty odd years, like maybe thirty years. But let's move away from movies and movie stars and onto TV and TV stars. So Lucifer, let me. It's another little secret of mine. I like Lucifer, I know, maybe it's not very good for my street cred, but anyway, Lucifer season five, there's, uh, it's going to, so it's coming to Netflix, we don't quite know when, but first off, it's going to be 16 episodes long, and it's also going to be split into two parts, so this was revealed by Tom Ellis, who plays Lucifer Morningstar in the show, during um, a set visit, so uh, (laughs) Kelly Clarkson, of all people, uh, went to visit the set, and and yeah, he told her this news, which is quite big news. You know, it's it's a it's a bizarre thing to do. Netflix they've done this in the past, so they did this with uh, Breaking Bad and Arrest, Arrested Development, I believe. But it also means that they're kind of going to extend it for as long as they can because this is the last season, unfortunately, for the Lucifer fans out there. And uh, and they're going to stretch it out for as long as they possibly can. But also, we were told by Amy Garcia that the ending will rip your hearts out. I mean, hopefully, hopefully, it won't physically rip your hearts out, but you know, it's going to be an emotional ending, uh, and you know, that's that's to be expected. So, moving away from Lucifer and onto Brooklyn Nine Nine, which is another one of my favourite shows. Um, so, yeah, Brooklyn Nine Nine's coming back February uh, the sixth, 
2020 and the premiere episode the first episode is going to be an hour-long episode which is the first time it's ever been done for this show i love brooklyn 99 i was I was pretty sad when it was cancelled originally by Fox and uh, it was then picked up by NBC and they're doing another series. This is uh, season seven. And uh, and yeah, it's going to have a nice hour long episode to begin with. So I'm going to go moving on to the features that we that we did this week. And uh, one of the first, the first one is uh, it's, it's about Ryan Johnson. So there are new reports that Ryan Johnson's Star Wars trilogy has been axed by Lucasfilm. And I did a... I did a feature on the site about how that's a terrible thing for the the longevity of the Star Wars franchise. I believe, I've, I've said this before on, on this podcast actually, but I, I believe that Ryan Johnson is one of the most talented filmmakers out there at the moment. I, I think, yes, he's made mistakes in, in his films. You know, you, you can point, you can nitpick with his movies, but he's, he's one that's really, he's really good for, kind of bringing in big ideas he his films look incredible they're really well made films and there's always something interesting there he's always trying to push kind of push the boundaries of um of storytelling that's what he he's a storyteller and he's really good at it and i think that people are going to realize this when knives out comes out because that's a really good piece of storytelling that movie it's also incredibly shot and this is again another aspect of his filmmaking he's really good uh, with he's really good behind the camera he really is the 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 backlash he got and the amount of flack he got for the last jedi has apparently i mean it means that his star wars trilogy is now in jeopardy this i really think if lucasfilm are going to get rid of ryan johnson going to part ways with ryan johnson they would have lost one of the best filmmakers they could have had and i believe i really do believe that because Think about it logically. What what do people want? Do they really want J.J. Abrams to do a Star Wars trilogy, another one? No, he he's done. He's basically done this trilogy, and and, and I mean I have nothing but respect for for Ab, for Abrams, but you got to admit that these film that his films aren't bringing really anything new to the table. Whereas the Last Jedi, if like it or not, I mean if if you're being objective about this, it did. It brought new themes to the table. It it, it really tried to bring in new ideas to the Star Wars franchise, which is what it needs. It desperately needs this. And if they're going to cancel his um, his trilogy, who are they going to go with? Like, th- really, who, who who are they going to get to do a trilogy? Are they going to get Kevin Feige to do a trilogy? I mean, pff, I don't think so, because he's got too much to do. Also, he's not a filmmaker. He's not a writer. He's he's a producer. It's It's very different. And if, if you're thinking that Star Wars, that Lucasfilm are going to go out and get Christopher Nolan or someone like that to do a Star Wars film, then you are wrong. You are, they, they won't. Because what the thing that I'm seeing here with Lucasfilm is that if, if you don't align with their vision, then you're out. Again, I, I spoke about Kathleen Kennedy last week and I, I do think she's really good at her job. She you know These films have made a lot of money, but it is worrying that they're kind of moving away from ideas people and more and just that, that it's going to become more like a TV show. They're just going to get shooters to come in and just shoot an episode, which is a movie, and then go and really not bring anything unique to the table. Star Wars, actually, Star Wars has been a bit like, it has been like that, you know, George Lucas's overarching vision and bringing in different directors, apart from the prequels, which are all directed by George Lucas. 
you know, may, maybe that's the way forward for Star Wars. But for me, I think that would be uh, an opportunity missed. And, and it would be a sad thing because I think, again, I think Ryan Johnson is one of the greatest um, filmmakers around. So the other feature I did this week, or the, the one I'm going to highlight in this podcast, is a, a Watchmen Season 1 theory. So I will say, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to review Watchmen in a bit, but if you haven't seen the show or don't want any spoilers for the future of it, then you know, stop listening now. I, have, I, I, I uh, wrote a, a feature in which um, it's called uh, Watchmen Season 1 Theory, Adrian Veidt's Real Location Revealed? Question mark. So... What I think is going to be is going to happen is that is is that Adrian Veidt is actually on Mars. So um, I was th- I was watching uh, season um, episode three, and it dawned on me. I just kept on thinking, where on earth is this guy? Where is he? What is he doing? Why is he in some kind of weird English castle, with surrounded by clones? I mean, Adrian Veidt in the comics is someone that first of all he lives in the comics. He's in a great big skyscraper full of modern technology. And uh, yes, he has he has clones, but he's yeah he's not in a in a kind of weird old English manner. Why is he there? Why are there tomatoes growing on trees? Why why has he got uh, skull and crossbone flags around his, the grounds? Why has he got bison in the grounds? Why can't he kill the bison? Who's the groundsman? Why is he putting one of his clones into some sort of space suit that he made <laughs> with very um, primitive technology let's say um, you know what's going on and it dawned on me the, the guy's in he's in space he's either in space or he's on mars i think he's been imprisoned by dr manhattan and uh, and he's imprisoned and, and on mars and he's trying to escape and uh, and i think it means that there's going to be some kind of altercation between him and and dr manhattan and actually if you think about watchmen as a whole it really makes sense for dr manhattan to have done that because in the comics he allowed him to do to you know the the squid thing he was like yeah i kind of agree but he realizes that it's a terrible act so it would make sense for him to then imprison vite because he's he's dangerous you know so he he, i I think that's what's going to happen and i think that's probably going to be revealed further further along in the season possibly um you know the the finale and uh and reviews. So I mentioned this before. I'm going to be reviewing Watchmen episode three and Ryan, Jack Ryan the whole season. So Watchmen episode three uh, is the best episode so far. So it, it introduces um, Jean Smart, who's uh, a wonderful actress, and she's playing um, the. Uh... So this this episode it introduces Jean Smart as uh, as Laurie Black, who's also was the Silk Spectre. She was the second Silk Spectre. So yeah, she's part of the. Uh, of the FBI's anti-vigilante task force and she's come to Tulsa to try and figure out what the hell's going on. It is the best episode. Without a shadow of a doubt, it's the best episode. The whole episode is um, is bookended by a joke that she's telling Dr. Manhattan in one of these kind of futuristic phone booths that send messages up to Mars for him. It's just, it is incredible television. Watchmen so far on HBO has been brilliant, but this episode I think is, I think it deserves awards i think it deserves emmys uh it's it's really well directed it's really well acted it's a brilliant story and a brilliant introduction and i think if you're not watching watchmen at the moment i don't know what you are because it's the best show on tv all right so moving on to jack ryan which again is incredible television jack ryan 
the first, I, I really, really like the first season. Um, but the second season, so in that you've got uh, J- John Krasinski back as Jack Ryan, but you've got also people like Numi Rapace, who's who's playing um, some sort of uh, yeah shady agent by the looks of it in this um, in this season. She's kind of whether or not she'll stay for another season, I don't know. But again, what it what it really shows is that. Amazon Prime is able to do really good action, and actually John Krasinski is a very good action hero. Um, it's it's um, the the one I would say I I said it was solid, so I gave it seven point five on the site. It is a solid show. It's a very well made show. You know, it's produced by Michael Bay, which I thought was really weird because it felt to me more realistic than anything Michael Bay has ever done. But the problem I have with it still is that it, it definitely depicts, so it, d- it definitely does depict the US as kind of the saviors, as the people that come in. So it's, it's set in Venezuela and it's, it's just, it's really, really good. If, if you can watch it, uh, if you've got uh, access to Amazon Prime video, I really would recommend it because I actually think it's one of the best shows on there, which is why they're pushing it so much. But just just for John Krasinski alone, I think it's worth watching because uh, he's really he's really something something special in it. And I'm hoping that it'll um, pave the way for him to do more action based roles, possibly in Marvel movies. Who knows? Anyway, that brings me swiftly on to the end of the episode. Again, first of all, I apologise for all the uh, the explosions in the background. They are fireworks. <laughs> As I said before, it's bonfire night in the UK. And uh, but there was a lot, a lot to get to, to get through this week. And as usual, I merely scratched the surface of all the news that came out this week. But please go and check out Small Screen, which is at www.small-screen.co.uk, for even more pop culture news, features, and reviews. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Small Screen GB. And thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you back here same time next week. Thanks a lot, guys. Mm-hmm.